This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good day before the Derby, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. It's Oaks Day, baby. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 30th, episode 2672, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad ads. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I just looked up the weather in Kentucky for the Derby, and for a change, it's not going to be raining. Amazing. They have 71. Land Rover ticket all. Yeah, exactly. 71 with 2% chance of rain for the Oaks today. Tomorrow, 4% chance of rain, high of 70. Perfect weather. Nice. Perfect the last couple of years haven't been so perfect, so so they deserve that. You, on the other hand, did not have good weather. Um, Holy moly. <laughs> you posted a picture and confused the hell out of everybody yesterday. You posted a picture of a car that was completely demolished by hail, and then you said you were going car shopping, so we all thought one of your cars got wiped out. Yeah, no, uh, it did not get wiped out. We have garages, but actually the hailstorm, it's such a weird thing it was like this little bundle of hailstorm that nobody expected nobody knew was coming and just obliterated downtown norman just straight through norman uh here in oklahoma and there were little pockets of it i think texas got hit a couple times too and uh it was just very uh, unbelievable 90 80 to 90 mile an hour winds and wow that's baseball. hurricane force <laughs> baseball size hail and it was coming in sideways it's destroyed town windows and businesses but it went directly over the mile which is a, what they call oh, the, where car, the dealership. car dealerships are. <laughs> it's always called the mile whatever the town mile, because <laughs> it is a mile of car dealerships and oh my god so chad and I, yesterday morning our truck we have a big Dodge Ram 3500 Dually, but we got it because there was a hailstorm in Texas, and we lived in Arizona. And Chad I was bought say, it. You had that truck forever. Yeah. yeah, we we bought it after a hailstorm. Chad flew to San Antonio and drove it back to Arizona because it was such a good deal. It was like fifteen thousand dollars off. Because who's going to drive around a hail damaged car? I will. <laughs> I don't care. It's a badge of honor right there. Exactly. The inside runs. I told Chad we have to get, you know, it's the, this morning or yes, when the hailstorm was happening, he was like, oh, there's going to be some car sales. And I was like, dude, not to be whatever, but you could use the new car. So he, because he drives, we've had our Passat for 10 years and it's got a hundred and something thousand miles on it. And he drives it back and forth so often to Dallas for work. So I just said, let's go look around and see what we can come up with. Holy cow. It was like the apocalypse over these car dealerships. We were walking in. First of all, nobody at a car dealership came out and greeted us. No, because they weren't ready to sell those yet. No. <laughs> they had to file the insurance claims first. Exactly. Everybody's inside <laughs> doing paperwork. It's the greatest time ever to walk around. But we were crunching glass in between oh, the cars. Geez. There's broken glass There's all over the floor. There's already a shortage of cars. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Well, there is no shortage of busted cars in Oklahoma. <laughs> so we, yeah. So, so we just walked around and, and he's like, well, let's go to the Mercedes dealership and let's go to the BMW dealership. We ended up test driving a BMW. It was like the one car that had all the windows. In the showroom? It's <laughs> the showroom? Yeah, no, this one was outside completely pockmarked, but it had windows. So we test drove it. Chad loved it. Oh of course. Gosh, loved it. So I'm like, babe. So then we also found like a, just a couple like reasonable cars too. And he's like, these go for so much less. So the one dealership was like, yeah, we'll probably end up taking 12, seven to $12,000 off the price. And we're like, we're, we'll drive it out now. Like we don't care, <laughs> but they're going to have to take some time to get their stuff organized. The Mercedes, he was like, okay, yeah, it's damaged. The b- windows were busted out. There's like, he goes, uh, you take it now. I'll take five hundred dollars off the price. Five hundred. I was like, <laughs> welcome That's to Mercedes. Standard negotiation. <laughs> yeah. Five hundred dollars off the price, and then the BMW. He was like, I'll take eight hundred off. It was the same place. Yeah. I was like, That's normal negotiation on a car that. It, I was like, you know what? They'll. I, I go offer him ten to twelve thousand dollars less than that, and if he wants to call you, he'll call you. <laughs> so Chad's like, I'm terrible at negotiating. I'm like, give give me the phone. Give me the phone. <laughs> I was texting the guy last night. Give me the phone. I'm like, we'll pay that because that's standard. And I went off and he's like, I'll talk to my boss in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just, they, they have to file all those insurance claims first. God, that's incredible. Yeah. That must hurt. And they're already hurt. And I talked to the Kia salesman when I picked up my car the other day. And I told you that they had about 20 new cars on the lot. And that was it. And he said, it's been awful. He said, we're down to like one sales guy because there's nothing to sell. Wow. They're all just backed up. They had two Kia Souls there, and usually the Kia Souls, they'll have 50 of them lined up. But he said, we just don't have any cars to sell. <laughs> so We were walking around this one car. We liked it. And he was like, oh, yeah, that one sold yesterday, and they were going to come pick it up today. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, my God. They probably waited they six it. months for it, too. <laughs> yeah, they bought it, and then the night they buy it, they're like, we'll come back and pick it up tomorrow. We don't have, you know, to, we, we don't have the time for it today or whatever. Oh, bad mistake, dude. That is bad <laughs> mistake. Well, coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about something other than weather, although I have something I need to tell you about in the post-show that I can't talk about here, so hang around for that, auditors. We're going to be speaking to uh, the people that run the City Ranch in Baltimore, who I think we may have spoke to about 10 years ago. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the program they have helping inner-city youth uh, meet horses and get some riding in. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going all derby after that. We're going to be doing Kentucky Derby trip. We have auditors Danny and Andrew coming on, and we have a twist to the trivia this time. We'll tell you about that as well. We have a Dogs in the Morning segment, and then some really bad ads to to end the day. So we have a lot going on. Let's get to our Daily Winnies. Well, happy birthday to some of our auditors. Have birthdays today. Kendra Gale, Holly Huddleston, and Kayla Haynes all have birthdays today. Uh, Huddleston. Sorry, Holly, it's Huddleston. So uh, happy birthday to all of you. We hope you have a great Derby weekend. I did do the post. I don't know if you noticed, but I did the post in the auditor room. And if you all missed it, you can go put in your, judging by the name, who would you pick to win the Derby? And we had uh, like 100 people post. So we'll see who gets the closest in the top three. 
By the way, side note, didn't we have a ton of new auditors uh, join that as well? So that's awesome. Yes, we did. Uh, my daily Winnie goes out to dear sweet listener Brenda Nellums. I'm not going to say why, but she just needed a, she needs a hug today. So anyway, Brenda, you get my daily Winnie. Love you, mean it. So you know how you learn over time how to be a horse husband uh, and to avoid divorce when you are a horse husband? And you make we all make the same mistakes in the beginning. We all try and think we know better and, you know, all the usual stuff horse husbands do until they finally just give up because we're tired. And uh, and the wife is tired, and, and we don't win any of those battles anyway. Well, one of the things that Jennifer's always like to do is on Kentucky Derby Day, she likes to sit in front of the TV from like noontime till the mm-hmm. race is over and not be disturbed. So I thought yeah, because the, even the commercials are great on Derby Day. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, and I, you know, I could I watch the Derby the two minutes and maybe five minutes ahead because all damn day they go over the same things and show you the same clips, and she loves that. But me, I see the same clips twice about that horse. I don't want to see it a third time. So I come in a little before the Derby and watch. Uh, but this year, I'm taking it to the extreme. I've learned my lesson. I'm taking the camper, going to a state park with my bike, going to do some bike riding and have to work on a project for Horse Radio Network, and I'm leaving her alone. She can just Most be alone Most people would say that that is not a good recipe for a marriage is when, you know, you just leave and get out of there. No. Uh, I think you're making a good decision. On Derby weekend, it's a good decision. <laughs> It's it's the best decision I've learned because I invariably, because I'm a talky man, want to come in and talk during oh, derby yeah. coverage. And, and, and just shut up. Like, <laughs> oh, stop. Uh, see, because like the, the to me, I won't sit in front of the TV for all of Derby Day, but I will for Breeders' Cup. And because there's so many other races too, like all the Breeders' Cup races are just awesome. So I will sit and watch that. And so Chad calls the Land Rover my Super Bowl, and then the Breeders' Cup, because it's two days, is my World Series. <laughs> well, uh, I will be gone this weekend, so she can have she can take care of the dog and do all of that by herself. I can just see her like you come and sit down, but like so, and she just chucks popcorn. Oh yeah, she just she just has no time for that. It's the one day of the year she tolerates me every other day, but that one day she doesn't want to hear from me at all. You're making a good. I think there's a lot of other days she doesn't want to hear from me either. But you know how much choice I live here. So <laughs> <laughs> let's hear from Kentucky Performance Products, and then we're going to go to our first guest. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. 
I can't say enough good things about Elevate, by the way. Uh, Scooter gets that. And because Scooter can't get a lot of grass because he's fatty, fat pony, and we can't give him any really high test grains, Elevate really does help get him the, the vitamin E and the nutrients that he doesn't get because he's kind of on a diet. So we've been using that for years and he looks great. Matter of fact, he looks Gosh. better this year than he ever has. My barn is so full of KPP supplements after they did that sale. I have like giant buckets <laughs> of it. So it really does work, and you can find him at kppusa.com. Well, coming up next, we have a Hizamok on with us. He is from the City Ranch in Baltimore. Hi, Hizamok. How are you this morning, and how are things in Baltimore? Well, right now, it's uh, kind of cool, but um, it's all right. Things are going along well. You know, the city is uh, pushing ahead like all of the other cities through the uh, COVID and <clears throat> All of the other uh, urban problems. Well, now, let's talk about that. How long has the city ranch been there? We incorporated in 2007, and I guess we had our first real public uh, experience with the uh, Artscape, which is one of the largest uh, outdoor art uh, festivals in the country, where I had to convince the organizers that horseback riding was an art and they decided that we could do it. And that's what we did. We uh, did our first uh, public uh, exposure in 2009. So we've been at it for 14 years. Is the barn right in the city or are you a little outside the city? A little outside of the city. Uh, basically about, oh, about 10 minutes from the city line on the west side of Baltimore. Got it. I, you know, I used to live in Leicester County, Pennsylvania, so we used to come down to Baltimore Inner Harbor all the time. Uh, used to spend a lot of time. Well, if you were going on your way to the Inner Harbor, you probably took six ninety five. Yep, yep. Right, and then you shot right past Security Boulevard, and that's where just you... outside of of the uh, Security Boulevard on. <clears throat> gotcha. So six ninety five. How do you get the kids involved? What kids get involved in your program, and what's the mission? The mission is to make horseback riding accessible and affordable and to develop positive characters in children. <clears throat> and it's accessible and affordable to the greater Baltimore community uh, by taking it to the location where the people are, going to the people as opposed to the people coming to Coming to us, they don't have to spend, especially the school school children. Our, our school program take the horses to the schoolyard, and mm -hmm. just like any other class, the children will come out and get a class in horsemanship and go back inside, that and they don't lose awesome. a whole lot of that's time. That's awesome! I've never heard of that before. Bringing the horses to the school—that's brilliant. <clears throat> well, we got lucky with one idea. Well, I got to tell you, what it sounds like to me is you got some pretty darn nice horses. Well, the horses are smart that we all know. We all horse people, you know, they're smart. They are just. And after 10 or 15 years of getting on the trailer and getting off the trailer, and when the truck starts up and the truck is leaving, they figure out what to do. And the truck start and open the back of the trailer. They just walk right toward the trailer. They do it. <laughs> the work is over. <laughs> it's time. Time, <laughs> time so, to go. Mm -hmm. What are some things that really stand out to you about when the kids first see these horses? 
They're the same thing with adults who first see them. They are uh, intimidated. They are fearful. They're curious. Uh, they're all of that. Uh, because, like you said, this is not something that has been in their exposure as they have traveled around uh, life to whatever age it is. They've not had the opportunity to come up and smell the horse and put their hand out and let it, uh, you know, nibble their hand, et cetera. But at the same time, their hearts are racing because of the power that they can feel that that feel and know that that animal has. And so then you just talk them off the, off the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) So why was this important to you as a mission? Uh, I grew up in Baltimore. I went to high school here. I graduated from Douglas High School, Morgan State University. And <clears throat> at the time uh, that I, I've been riding and involved with horses most of, my, most of my life, probably starting around 13 when I really got deep involved in it. But what got me started was that there was an article in the paper about the murder rate in Baltimore. And I looked and said, well, let me look into this a little deeper. And I looked into it a little deeper, and we were talking about one-fourth of one, less than one-fourth of one percent of all of the deaths, homicides that occurred um, were portrayed by a certain group of people. That's how, that's how small the, the group was. But every time you turn on the radio or television or the newspaper, it was about a homicide. And I said, there's more to Baltimore than that. And so we needed to, as adults, do something to counter that. And my wife and I talked about it. She she said to me, well, why don't you go get a horse? You're always talking about horses. And so I got a horse, and we started taking them to schools to just do a show-and-tell. And the show-and-tell morphed into, uh, hey, we would like to ride. And then going on through the process, getting the insurance, getting the approval of the school system, getting the stable license and so forth and so on. But it was out of doing something as an adult to help change the paradigm of what was happening in Baltimore city. That is so inspirational that, that you found, you found a need and you found out a way to figure to, to help it. But what really stuck out to me is how amazing your wife is. You want a horse? Get a horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't usually hear that from our spouses. Uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, so far it has worked out really well. What, what? How many, or have you seen kids that you know have started in the program and taken the lessons go on to have horses in their life? Have you seen any of that? It is more than um, yes. The short answer is yes. Uh, we've had uh, individuals who have come through the program uh, and have become part-time employees. Then they left, went to school uh, for college, and also has spent time working at the uh, Laurel Racecourse in uh, no, yeah, Laurel Racecourse in Laurel, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. As a uh, as a hot walker and another. A uh, person who had come along and worked with us, uh, worked at Pimlico for a time as an outrider. Oh, cool. 
And they would have never done that had it not been for your program, obviously. I mean, they would have, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have had that exposure. Right. Yeah. Right. Because what we are, we're an introductory program, introducing those men and women, children as well, to the horse industry who have maybe had been curious about it, but it was never uh, within reach. It was always you had to drive 20, 30 miles out into the country and people that you don't know, people that, you know, et cetera. But when it's in your neighborhood, then you're a little more uh, free with your inhibitions to go up and ask questions about it because it's in your, it's in your neighborhood. You're comfortable with the surrounding as opposed to you're out in uh, the county 40, 50, 60 miles away from home and you're uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. I And I, I just think all of these programs, we've talked to a number of them now. I think you're the you're the only one that we've talked to that actually brings the horses to the schools, which I think is amazing. Uh, but they're all so important. We, we, you know, one of the biggest concerns that we still have in the horse world is getting getting the youth involved in horses. And there's less and less getting involved all the time. Even at the competition level, there's less and less getting involved. So it's it's one of the things that all the associations in the horse world deal with every day is is how do we get more more youngsters involved well, well the did, young, the, go, go ahead, ahead i'm sorry i was just going to say how do speaking of getting involved uh, how do people get involved to help you because i think it's an amazing well, program the uh, i took the approach that i'm a black man in america with horses and all of the <clears throat> negative vibes that go along with being a black person in america and that what i had to do was demonstrate that I knew what I was doing and it would work. And we had, and so that's what I did. Uh, I used my own money and my family and friends who could help. And we did it. I said, well, okay, let's, it's wide open and it's difficult to fail when you have no, there's no failure because everything you're doing is beginning, mm-hmm. is new. And once you see the reaction of children and the the parents' delight in their children being comfortable and developing confidence, then you just have to keep pushing on. You know that what you're doing is benefiting not only yourself through self-gratification, but others as well. And so that's that's what we did. You know, uh, my family would come out. I have an older sister. She's 80 years old. And I've been involved in, in a number of endeavors throughout the years. She has always been there. I have an older brother. He gives me the blues, but he is always there. Younger brother, same thing, but they're all supportive. And so that makes it a little bit easier. Doesn't make it any uh, easier from a financial standpoint because they don't have tons of money to dump into the program. You know? <laughs> did you ever think that they're all just trying to keep an eye on you? Was did did Well you know it it could be and I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay because I have been I have been the radical in the family. You know, I'm the first one to go do this. The first one to go do that. I was the first in my family to go to college and then everybody got on the college train. You know, the first to really trying to be an entrepreneur, then everybody got on the entrepreneur train. 
And so, yeah, they um, keep <laughs> keep an eye out, keep an eye on me and keep me out of trouble. <laughs> it sounds just... like you're just a natural leader, too. <laughs> like everybody, follow me, do what I do. No, it's amazing. And so, and so, are you accepting donations? Do you need money? Do you need tax? Do you need what? What do you need to help help with the program? Mm-hmm. I was wondering how to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> we just did. <laughs> but, 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 but you just opened the door wide open, so I'm going to give it to you. Bring it on. We, we lease a 29-acre farm the way we are. Uh, it is old and in need of repair, and the owner of the property uh, gave us a great big prize the other week. I mean, not last week, two weeks ago that they were moving, they need to sell the property. They want $800,000. That's the asking price. It hasn't been um, assessed or uh, a surveyor, uh, appraiser hasn't come out and looked at it. But <clears throat> that's where we are. And then within um, the city of Baltimore, a number of schools have closed because the population has gone down. So there are old school buildings sitting around with land around it. So those are, those are some options. Uh, so that's where we are. And we're, we just had a, a meeting last night to talk about how we're going to approach uh, the fundraising effort. And we have a campaign goal of $2 million. Uh, we will do a soft start to get funds to promote the campaign, find a spokesperson, who will a spokesperson who will uh, help uh, lead the capital campaign so that we can have the resources to continue. But the city itself is waking up, wakening up to the value of forces. Uh, the mounted police department was defunded. There is a 12 stall barn that the horses are maintaining that is available. The Department of Recreation and Parks are working with the community associations along with uh, tacitly working with us. You know, they're keeping us appraised of what's happening. Uh, So there's that opportunity for, um, you know, moving from where we are and into the city. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm okay. We're bringing the horses into the city. I'm not okay with stalling horses. I'm not, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to be in a cage. And so I wouldn't want to, I don't, I've had birds, dogs, cats, all of those animals. I open the door and they go out and I had open the door and they can come back. If they want to stay out there, they stay out there. They know where their home is. They come back, open the door and let them in and feed them. But if they don't want to stay, I can't keep them uh, locked up. And it's the same thing with horses. Well, he's a mock word. So the farm, go ahead. I'm just be glad that a couple would finish with this. All right. The farm is where the horses live. And we just happen to be doing a riding program that has really took off because of the pandemic. But the horses get on the trailer and go. That's the, and they leave and they come back and they come to the farm and they are outdoors all night long, doing all day long. <laughs> So that's what we, uh, the farm means to us. What's and so 
Yeah. It's the cityranch.org. Go there. There's a donate button. By the way, I just did. The Horse Radio Network just donated $100 to the cause. So, um, Thank you. And uh, people can go there. It's very easy to do. There's a donate button right at the top. It's the cityranch.org. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. And good luck in your fundraising mission today, or this this uh, year, rather. Uh, we appreciate yeah. good luck. I hope, I hope it works sure. out. Well, uh, with individuals like yourself, reaching out and supporting, it will happen. Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, WinTech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And WinTech doesn't sit on their laurels. Range, so head out to your local tax store and have a sit in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at wintechsaddles.us. It's time for Kentucky Derby Trivia. That's right. This is the time of, uh, we've never actually done this Kentucky Derby Trivia before, but whatever. We are inventing a new game now, and I would like to welcome to the show, Danny. That's your cue to say hi. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Danny yep. and then Andrew. Hi. All right. Danny and Andrew are here to join us for our inaugural <clears throat> Kentucky Derby trivia show. And uh, what we're going to do this time, you guys, a little different than normal trivia games. Glenn has written all of the questions down and he has them and I do not have them. So instead of it being against Danny versus Andrew, it's going to be Danny and Jamie versus Andrew and Jamie. So you guys both get me to tell you the wrong probably answer. So don't listen to me. I was just going to say, (laughs) we should give them the option not to choose you. Totally. (laughs) You get to get the final answer. I would not trust me one bit. But I am here to um, add some moral support to both of you. So uh, you guys, how it works is you're going to have a multiple choice question and then we will decide, and then Glenn will tell us if they're right and wrong. What are the sound effects, Glenn? Okay, so if the answer is correct, you get the bells. If the answer is incorrect, you get the horn. God, I hate that horn. I know. That's why I use it. Uh, so, so, I have to have some pleasure in torturing her. Uh, so, all right, are you guys ready? Let's do ladies first. So, Danny, you're going to be up first with the first question. And I will okay. keep score here, too. All right. Uh, all right. Now, there's no prize, by you the sure way. You sure you can do all this? Yeah, there is a prize at the there, end of this. There is? And Glenn will send a check to me and you guys, whoever the winner is, for $1 million. That's it. Yeah, you'll, you'll get that immediately. Uh, so, Danny, <laughs> first question. The highest purchase price at auction for a Kentucky Derby winner was $4 million. And it was for what horse? We have California Chrome. Funny side, or Jamie's going to help me. How do you say? Is it Fuchisaki Pegasus? Fuchisaki Pegasus. Thank thank you. It's California Chrome, Funny Side, or Fusi, whatever it is, Pegasus. Fuchisaki Pegasus. Yes, I could never say it when that horse won either. So uh, Mm -hmm. those three. 
Okay, so we're talking about after they won the Derby? Nope, this was the purchase price before oh, the before. Derby. Oh, before, bought it. Okay, okay. Um, well, then I'm going to go with the name I can't say. See, Danny, I was thinking, because I don't remember ever hearing anything about California Chrome being a high purchase. Mm-hmm. I can't remember <clears throat> Funnyside, but I do know Fusaichi Pegasus mm-hmm. went for a lot before the Derby, but... The one sticking out to me that I don't know. I mean, I don't know about funny side, but if we want to say Fusaichi Pegasus, I think that's a pretty good guess. Final answer? Yeah, Fusaichi Pegasus. Did I say it right? And you were correct. That is right. Good job. I threw funny side in because it was a horse that people go, I know nothing about it. I don't remember anything about funny side. I remember when he won, but I don't remember anything That's why I threw him in. California Chrome was a throwaway because I figured you'd know that one. All right. Mm -hmm. This is for Andrew now. We're going to the other side. What was the lowest purchase price for a Kentucky Derby winner before the Derby? Good one. Was it Canelario in 1971? Canonario. Cananero. Thank you. Cananero in 1971. Authentic in 2020, or I'll have another in 2012. Ooh, Andrew. Now, is, is this a trick question since Authentic had um, so many partnerships? Nope, it's not a trick question. It's actual was okay. the purchase price paid before the okay. Kentucky Derby. God, that was a good pull, Andrew. I'm <laughs> listening to you on this one. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, man, I... Wow. I mean, my thought is, like, in 1971, like, wouldn't the mm-hmm. purchase prices of horses been cheaper? Because um, the other two are fairly recent. I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with, with 1971. Cananero. You're going to go with that? That's your final answer? Yep. Yep. You were correct. Look at Yay! you guys go. I'm impressed. I'm awesome. I'm, I'm impressed. Awesome. It was $120,000, <laughs> by the way, was the purchase price at that time. Wow. I bet that that is incorrect because I bet in 1912 or yeah. 1931, yeah. I think they, they, you know. they meant modern history. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So let's go with um, Danny. You're next up. Uh, we're going to change gears here a little bit. How many roses are on the garland that gets laid across the winter? Is it 200, 400, or 1,000? These are serious questions I came up with, people. Serious questions. They get it at Kroger. Uh, I do know that. They do get it at Kroger. That's correct. (laughs) I feel like it's 400. I think that's good because because mine's not that clever, and I would go with something in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm going to go with, too. A thousand seems like a lot, but 200, not enough. Yeah. So let's go 400. That is correct. You got it right. He sandwiches his numbers in the middle. Good for okay. you. <laughs> Andrew, now we know where to go for the next one. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. B. Andrew, also a numbers question. On average, how many mint juleps are served at... During Kentucky Derby weekend for the whole meet, how many mint juleps are served? Do you have a choice of 50,000, 82,000, or 120,000? I mean, oh I would stick to the middle and also the, the addition of the two. Glenn would be, give us a round number, and I would go with something that's not round. Well, I mean, I guess it is an even number, but, you know, it's like... Oh, hello. oh who's attacking who there? <laughs> <laughs> that's 
with my dogs, you know, <laughs> walking away. I, I just, I just saw this recently though, and it was much lower than I was expecting. So I'm going to go out on, on a limb and I think it's going to be 52,000. Or 50,000. Yeah. Okay. Is that your final answer? Yep. Uh, uh, sorry, it's one hundred and twenty thousand. Dang! There's some no. se- well, you got to remember. There's one hundred sixty thousand people show up. So True. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a and lot then of people. All one hundred and fifty thousand of those people that order one, they take one sip and they're like, Bleh! "I know." <laughs> it is awful. <laughs> it's awful. That's what I did. So uh, <laughs> the total number of people that dump out their medulla <laughs> and keep the glass is Just around ninety-eight thousand. Right. <laughs> God, that's awful tasting stuff. All right. And if you like mint juleps, email Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Yeah. So it's two to one. Danny is in the lead, and Danny is up with the next question. Uh, So far, Jamie is not very helpful. Uh, I am amazingly helpful. (laughs) How many mares have won the Derby? Okay. How many mares have won the Derby? One, two, or three? Okay. So we have Winning Colors and Ruffian. Mm -hmm. Genuine Risk, I don't think, ever won the Derby, so I think it's only two. I, I know. I was going to say two. Uh, yeah, let's go with two. Two's your final answer? Two's the final answer. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh. It is three. It's Derby. Mm. Uh, it's Regret in 1915, Genuine Risk in 1980, and Winning Colors in 88. Oh, Ruffian didn't win. Ruffian did. uh, I'm. Okay. I'm. A, I, I gotta Google this. No. No. I'm. Oh, I'm oh you're, you're calling uh, <laughs> foul on this one. Uh, Mares that. No, um, she never believes me. I have been <laughs> wrong in the past. Damn it! You're right. <laughs> <laughs> How she hates that, Andrew. They always hate when uh, we're right. <laughs> How did oh, I yeah. miss that? <laughs> Regret is the one I forgot about. But remember, mm-hmm. if you are a fan of the Man from Snowy River, it is actually the Snowy River movie takes place in the 1800s. But the last foal of Old Regret was the one horse that he bought that like the colt worth a thousand pounds, and they actually said in the movie, "This is the last foal of Old Regret." But regret one in 1915, so I'm calling bulls on that, too. <laughs> your movie was actually incorrect. and it's, Yes, because like, it's if broken you your at heart the now. gravestone at the beginning, <laughs> Jim Craig's dad dies in like 1878 or something, and then he buys a old regret. Maybe there was bowl. a different regret. Could have been more than... We, a lot of us have had more than one regret. That's the for sure. <laughs> we, many of us have had many regrets. All right, uh, Andrew, Sorry, this one... Like, out this one, this one is should, is also a numbers question. How many women jockeys have won the Derby? Zero, one, or three? I don't want to answer. And this. it's um, how many have won? How how many women jockeys have won the Derby? Ooh, talk about. That. I think it is zero. Is that your final answer? Yeah. That is correct, and that's why Jamie didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> I would have stopped you had you said one, but uh, no. <laughs> so we are at the end of round one, and it is tied two to two. 
Good job, guys. I'm very impressed. And I, I was under orders that I had to make the an- or the questions at least answerable this time, or Jamie was going to quit. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, Jennifer didn't write these. Hers are too complicated. Danny, you're up. Uh, who was the oldest jockey to ever win? Was it Bill Shoemaker, William Hartack, or Jerry Bailey? Oh gosh. Now this is the oldest I, jockey I to no win the day they rode <laughs> they were the oldest at that time, okay? Okay. Yeah. That's a it's a hard one because the first two are classic and they both won I think the 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 most derbies. I would go with Shoemaker, but that's just a guess. Mm, yeah, let's hard go with Shoemaker cuz I mean, I don't really have any other context for it. So yeah, Shoemaker. You are correct. Oh, Look at you. that. Good <laughs> yes. job. Good job. I threw in William Hartack because that was one that you go, I know he won some, but I'm not sure. And Jerry Bailey just sounds like he could have been. <laughs> no, Jerry Bailey rode cigar. He's not cigar. <laughs> All right, Andrew. What jockey has ridden the most Kentucky Derby horses in history? And it's 26. Is it Eddie? Car- now, this isn't one. This is just rode the most horses That's in rode. the Derby. Okay. okay. Victor Espinoza, Eddie Arcaro, or Bill Shoemaker? Oh, God. Arcaro mm. or Shoemaker? Somewhere in there. Yeah. Es- Espinoza's too young. Oh. <laughs> Hmm. I, I think I want to go with Shoemaker. Is that your final answer? The reason I would not pick Shoemaker is because he was the answer to the last one, and I know Glenn <laughs> he wouldn't do the same guy. And <laughs> that, that's a good point. But then again, you don't always want to believe Jamie. I'd go with our right. <laughs> final answer. Go with your gut. What's it say? Let's go with Shoemaker. You are correct. Don't listen to that woman. She's trying to get you to lose. I am right. I'm on his side. I just—I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. Okay. I, I intentionally thought to myself, this is true too. I thought to myself, Jamie will assume I will never put the same answer twice in a row. So I'm going to uh-huh. put the same answer twice in a row. See, I, I didn't realize that you'd be thinking of how I was thinking about you thinking about the question. Well, we've got to keep you on your feet somehow, Jamie. That's right. <laughs> Danny, the Derby is broadcast for the first time by a radio network in what year? Now, think radio and when it may have come, come to be. And the, the answers are 1915, 1925, or 1933. And actually, I'll, I'll tell you that six million people listened to the first broadcast. Gosh. Wow. I mean, like four million people listened to Seabiscuit Run, but that was in the 40s, I believe. So, um, well, I feel like the first decade that popped into my head was the 30s. So I would go with 1933. That your final answer? Final answer, Glenn. What so. is this? A, a, a TV show? Here we go. Just you just said it. Go. Yes. I was giving you a chance to change your mind. Okay. <laughs> now we know how you're thinking about how we're thinking about what you're thinking. See, we got... It was 1925, and by the way, Bill Corum was the guy oh. who announced that, and he coined the term "Run for the Roses." He was the one on that first broadcast that said "Run for the Roses," and it stuck. So it was and 19- that was in 1925. 25. Who won in 1925? I have no idea. You'll have to look that one up. 
I'm so looking it up right now. <laughs> Stand on answered questions. <laughs> so it, it is three to three still. Andrew, you have a chance to take the lead. The race that was first televised, What in, in what year was that? It's the first time on TV. Now think about TV and when TV might have come in, okay? Is it 19, right. 1952, 1956, or 1961? 52, 56, or 61? This is like when you were born. I mean, like you mm. were like, you probably I, I was 62, somewhere. actually, so I was a little later. <laughs> um oh my gosh so i just remember like secretariat they were watching the race and that's 1973 and the tvs were so small and tiny and pathetic like but we had I color can't... then we actually had color so, tvs at that point jamie what year did you say seabiscuit was running in the 40s okay yeah this is that was definitely radio there was no tv yeah. there so that but they already had technology to record the races so I'm wanting, I want to say 52. And you are correct. Woo, 1952. Andrew. Andrew comes back from behind and takes the lead with one question left for each of you. So, Danny, are you ready for your final question? I'm ready. Go, Danny. This is I, I picked this one just for you, Danny. <laughs> um, <laughs> how many cans of beer are consumed on average at the Derby weekend? <laughs> Who doesn't want a can of beer? <laughs> <laughs> 50,000, 257,000, or 522,000? I mean, come on, like, there's like a million people there. I, I would say I would go with the highest number for this one. Yeah, because it's all those people not drinking the mint julep. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get a mint right, julep the and they dump it out and they're like, let's get a beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the 500 something. And you are correct. It is a half a million cans of beer. <laughs> so Woo! you are tied now. This is it, Andrew. Right, you're Andrew, either going to come out this. with a tie or you're going to win. It's one of the two. I have no bonus questions here. So. One million dollars is on the line, Andrew. Here we go. <laughs> How many hot dogs are eaten at the Derby? Is it zero because they're not allowed at the Derby? 36,000 or 142,000? How many people have heartburn right now? <laughs> uh, let's go with 142,000. That's it. Guy wins. Men win today. I love you, Andrew. We finally have a victory in trivia. Uh, I was on his team, too, and I'm a woman. So thank you very much. I didn't hear her say anything. All I heard was Andrew no. winning. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I heard. <laughs> Congratulations, That's Andrew. Thousand people that have heartburn. That's what I said. And she tried to trick you up on some. You would have lost if you had listened to her. I know. I know. Danny, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> well, Andrew. Danny's just... like, she already sent me a note and said, next time we play, I don't want Jamie's help. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danny. I would uh, never. <laughs> I, I know you wouldn't do that. Uh, Andrew, I would like to give you some advice. I would like you to walk outside and sit at your mailbox because any minute there's going to be a check <laughs> mailed to you from Glenn for $1 million. $1 million. So correct. That is correct. I don't, I don't know. That might take a while to get here. <laughs> <laughs> Any minute. <laughs> Does Pony, where do you live, uh, Andrew? What state you live in? 
I'm in West Virginia. Yeah, Pony oh, Express is going to take a long time from Florida. To, to, we don't have mail in West Virginia. Yeah, we don't, we don't <laughs> have mailboxes there. Thank you all. Okay. Appreciate you playing. That was fun. Enjoy the Derby. Thank you, guys. Bye. Guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, you have to admit, I think that was one of my better efforts with questions. I, I don't. I wanted horse questions, not a question about stupid hot dogs and drinking. <laughs> you said I had to make them easier, so I went away from horses. See? Well, let's talk about dogs a little bit. We have our segment, our new segment that we're doing, thanks to the people at the Dog Podcast Network, where we have our dogs in the morning segment. And then we're coming back with some really bad ads. Dogs in the morning. Well, James, welcome back. It is great to be back with you, Glenn. And of course, James is with the, the Dog Edition podcast, part of the dogpodcastnetwork.com for his regular segment here. And uh, we're going to talk today about something I heard on one of your episodes that I absolutely loved and I didn't even know I cared about. Um, but you kind, your show is really kind of like the All Things Considered for Dogs Lovers. It's a very NPR feel, and I really felt it in this particular episode. And I'm talking about the episode you did where we where you talked about truffles and you know six hundred dollar an ounce truffles. <laughs> they are crazy expensive. These are you know like uh, snobby gourmets all over the world love them for their unctuousness, I think, and their umami flavor, whatever that means. But um, the thing is, they they grow wild. And they're very hard to find, and you need to have a really good nose. And so in France, they use pigs. But in America, now we're getting a, tr a thriving truffle industry in Northern California in secret places, and they're using these specially bred dogs that are, for generations, been used in Europe and Italy to find truffles. And it was so a breed we, I had never heard of. They're, they're, they're called the Legato Romanaro. I'm probably butchering it, but it's an Italian. I assume they're Italian, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Legato Romanaro. And uh, they have been bred for generations to sniff out truffles. Uh, and it's kind of cool because, like, in, because truffles are so, people, like, keep it such a secret where the truffles are. And so when they would use pigs and you're walking a pig on the road, it looks a little suspicious. So people would like, uh oh, I'm going to just follow that guy because he's off to hunt truffles. But if you're walking your dog, then it looks like you're just walking your dog. And that's how dogs started to get used. And now in Northern California, where these truffles are becoming popular in uh, in Napa area, uh, we went to a secret location and talked to the owners of these dogs who are hunting these truffles. It's really cool. And it was really neat because your co-host actually went there. And it, as I said, this podcast has done so well. It's, such, it's a narrative style, yet she was also there recording the whole thing. And the recordings sound much better than we do when we're on on remotes. Um, and so that was very well done. But she she was so into it. She's, she's good, too, by the way, your co-host. Yeah, was uh, amazing. But I learned a lot. I didn't know anything about truffles. I've never cared about truffles in my entire life, but I found it fascinating. And then you also do some other fun stuff. We have done we have done tastings on the show of things that we have never eaten before. Mostly uh, our listeners in foreign countries get us to try things that we have never eaten before. And some we like and some we don't. But uh, I hear Ben and Jerry's is doing something for dogs. Yes. So you probably are tasting human food. Yeah, human food. Yeah, we don't usually well. taste the horse food. Huh. We love to do something called uh, uh, people food, which is basically food that 
are designed for dogs, but are edible by people. And our good friends at Ben and Jerry's, the ice cream people, have a new frozen dessert. They don't want to call it ice cream that is designed for dogs. And so we got, they sent us some and we tasted it live on the podcast. We made a YouTube video and it tastes kind of sweet. It's not, doesn't have the dairy that would cause indigestion for dogs. And it's designed as a treat that you can share with a dog. You can eat it together or, but, but it, it really is not exactly as good as a, as a, as another Ben and Jerry's for people, but it's safe for dogs and it's a, it's a delicious doggy treat. And those are just some of the fun things that we play with on dog edition. And you can get yours for $10 for a tiny little half a pint. (laughs) I think they're selling it for like two bucks. Okay. It's going to be as as the weather warms up. I think we're going to start to see it everywhere and it will be in the freezer section. This is not an ad for Ben and Jerry's, Uh, but it's not bad. And if you want to have that little special treat, like for, you know, a lot of our listeners, do things for their dog's birthday because they know when their dog's birthday is. And yep. so sometimes they bake a, a special cake or do special biscuits and now they can have doggy ice cream. Well, if this is the kind of things you want to hear about, the kind of things you want to talk about, then head on over to Dog Edition. It's on any podcast player. And you have a number of other shows, too. You have uh, Dog Cancer Answers, which is a show about uh, dogs and cancer. And we've all had dogs that have died of cancer. Uh, the Long Leash and several others that you're adding to the network. Uh, it's You can find them all at dogpodcastnetwork.com. This has been fascinating. A lot of fun. Thank you, Glenn. I look forward to coming back and talking. Telling you more. What was that breed again? Legato Romanaro. I just wanted to hear you say it again. I, 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 I'm going to get some Italian people saying, <laughs> Oh, you said that wrong. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> Pay it! I say, pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but. He can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It is time for some really bad ads. It's the time of week when our listeners send in ads from Facebook or Craigslist or someplace like that, and we just have a little bit of fun with them. We have a bunch of really short ones today. We have a different prize for you every month. If you submit an ad, we put your name in a hat, and at the end of the month, we draw a winner, and that's usually supplied by horselovers.com, but they took the month off because... Auditor Lindsay got together and put together an auditor box of crap. So I usually am sending out the crap from stuff I have in my closet that I've collected from trade shows and stuff. Well, they got together, and the auditors did, and put a box of crap together. I have no idea what's in it. It could truly be crap. I have no idea. But uh, we're going to pick a winner for that next week, so get your entries in. If the box, by the way, is wet... Yeah. Don't open don't, it. Don't open it. That's right. <laughs> don't don't uh, open it. I have not seen it. Lindsay's going to send it out, so uh, we'll pick the winner next week. You still have one more week to get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Remember, if you record it into your phone and you email it, uh, you get double the entries because we want to give you double the entries because it's one less we have to read. So there you go. Now, some of the people that submitted for this week, you are in the running. We just won't have time to get to it. Bailey, Alicia, Kim, and Hannah. So you guys are in the running. Now let's move on to Faye, who sent our first one. And this is a Facebook page. Oh, and it's in Georgia. Uh, Rehoming horses, $800 
Oh my God, there's a Facebook page for everything. Rehoming horses, $800 and below or free to get home in Georgia. <laughs> get all that? names couldn't get any longer on Facebook groups. <laughs> uh, Rehoming horses, $800. That's there's 7,500 people, by the way, that are members of that group. That's because you can rehome a horse for that. Rehoming a horse for $800, that's called a sale, yeah. not a rehome. Yeah, I know. All right. Here's the ad. Yep, there's seven and a half thousand members in this page. I'm gonna go join it now. Rehoming. This is Bucky, our mini horse. We are keeping his mom. <laughs> he is two T O O, comma, much to train. He is a stallion, and he is ten months old. That's called a colt. He is unpredictable, as he is not fixed. He has had a saddle walked around on him, and he does pretty good on a lead line. Located in Dublin. This is all the information I have had on him. We have not had him very long. <laughs> Do they know that you can fix a horse that's 10 months old? Do they realize uh, that? Uh, my, my brain hurts. Why are they putting a saddle on a 10-month-old <laughs> mini horse? And they're wondering why it's not rideable yet. This horse is not rideable. <laughs> This horse ain't trained, y'all, okay? I'm trying to tell you right now that if you want this horse, you're going to have to get him fixed. I'm fixing to, and then you're going to have to train him. But, you know, he's too much right now. Wild <laughs> stallion mini baby. Anna sent this one in. Uh, this is short and sweet. I don't know where it's from. Oh, this is fantastic. I've never heard of this breed. <laughs> Anyone looking to bread, B-R-E-D, to a fox tutor... Stud, he is he is great, and we are standing him. Stud fee is two hundred dollars plus five bucks a day mare care. Oh Lord, have mercy! <laughs> Do not put your mare up in that fox truder, okay? Please, five dollars a day. They ain't even feeding her. <laughs> I wanted my mare bred to a fox truder. Never, and you know yeah. what? That fox truder, what we do is we just put them out in the field and turn your yep. mare out with them. That's exactly what, what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens. No guarantee it's bread, but they're going to have a good time trying. Oh my God, this is a fantastic trailer sent in by Charlotte. What is it? I, I don't even know what type of animals it would house, if any, because I mean, it's kind of sitting on the ground. I think there's a tire next to it, but it looks, oh, oh, I see. It's fancy. It's this a fancy trailer, Glenn. Livestock trailer for $1. We have a trailer that has a hydraulic floor and you can make it go all the way down to the ground for easy load ups and then put it up to haul. Make an offer. I have two of them. PM for more information. That's why it's on the ground. It's hydraulic. I'm pretty sure it doesn't go up. I'm pretty sure it doesn't go up and down at all. I don't see anything that looks hydraulic on the thing. By the way, have you been to the zoo where they're like trying to cage small animals just like, yes. you know, like a sheep or something, like a petting zoo? Yes. And there's like the, the wire mesh kind of fencing up against like, uh, you know, that somebody could just knock it down. That is what this trailer is. It is just wire mesh like panels all around it. And it's not like an enclosed trailer. There's no roof. <laughs> It's there's just, no floor. It's wire mesh too. <laughs> uh, well, no, there's leaves on the floor, Glenn. Come on, because <laughs> there ain't no roof on it. <laughs> I don't even know what this is hauling. What well, you can move a couch as long as it ain't raining. Yeah, there you that's go. right. That's right. <laughs> 
uh, Ursina sent this one in. This is uh, Renfro County Horses, Tack, and Equipment. Again, I have no idea where that is. Uh, Hi there. I'm just posting this to see if anyone knows where I can rent a stud to breed my two Canadian mares. Thanks. Let me know what's out there. I'm going to call right now. There's a fox turner stud right up ahead. <laughs> that is, is, you turn your mares out. Only cost you 200 bucks and five bucks a day. <laughs> you can go get what? your fox truder stud. Everything you know, works. my guess is there aren't any fox truders in Canada. That's my guess. You know what? And uh, breeding a fox truder to a Canadian is that's got to be something special. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be a very nice southern sounding horse. <laughs> Sharon sent the next one in. It'll be nice. Nice, real nice. Very nice. Uh, Sharon sent this one in. She sent it. She did it herself. Okay, so what we've got here for sale, title, 2015 Dunn Buckskin Champagne 14.1 Sport Pony Mare for Socks. A little more information. This is a Mustang Pinto, and she has four white socks, blaze, zebra-striped legs, patch on neck. Now, they won't trade her for anything because... Her asking price is $12,000. So, serious inquiries only. No videos. We want you to come in person to see this lovely large Mustang <laughs> pony mare. This no! pony is gorgeous and has a lovely temperament. Lightly started will need to be put in training, and that is why I made her price reasonable, and if I finish up a bit more, her price will double. She is exquisite and has already produced stunning silver bay colt that already sold pre-weaning for... Did you want me to stop? No, I was talking to Sharon. <laughs> For 10K out of our lovely buckskin Lusitano stallion. We have gorgeous pictures of her and we'll be doing new ones soon. She is talented enough for high-level competition and is an excellent mover and jumper for dressage hunter jumpers. This is a prospect at this time only. She will need to go into saddle training. Willing, sensible attitude and smart and learns things in minutes. Ties, clips, bays, trailers, and good for farrier work. Lovely, lovely girl. Now, you may be asking, what color is she, Dunn Buckskin Champagne Pinto? Well, who cares? She's gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> and you better snap her up now, because she's untrained. Price will double, that's right, to $24,000 if you don't get her now. Now, you also may be thinking, I've got gold in my backyard. That's right, gold. Because I've got a bunch of unstarted horses as well. Well, now, you get out there on the internet and you sell them for $12,000. Get to it now, you hear? <laughs> so, what was the ad and what was Sharon just talking? Like, was that all the ad? First of all, and second of all, are they selling an unstarted Mustang for $12,000? Jamie, it's going to go up once they start training that thing. Now, they did say that it's highly trainable, but apparently they haven't. Um, so all of that <laughs> that I just heard is number one, confusing and number two, plain wrong, <laughs> just wrong. Oh my God. I love these ads. Wait two weeks and the price doubles. <laughs> oh my God. I better hurry up and buy. Oh my God. I'm going to dig up some. How about you train backyard. it for the next two weeks and double the price and then sell it. How about we do that? How about, how about nobody's going to give you $12,000 from a, and what I'm, I'm sorry. Are they breeding Mustangs? I'm so. Yeah, I got lost in the middle there. I did get lost in the middle there, but, and I, oh, I by the like, way, I think it's a perfect, the champagne hunter, whatever Pinto thing. I think that's perfect for the hunter ring. Don't you think that'd make a great, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, let me also tell you, uh, just as an, aside, as an aside, listeners, dear friends, if somebody will not send you a video of the horse, do not go see the horse. That means I can't there catch is it. not <laughs> one person on this 
in this country who does not have, if not themselves, at least access to a smartphone where you just flip a little video and text it on over. Technology has moved forward from the days where I bought my pony when I was a kid from the newspaper. Okay. So like literally you can do better. I, I just, one of my selling things, sorry, carry on. I knew when I heard that, I knew you were going to come in. There's so much wrong with that. I was like, this has to be just Sharon just talking. No, it's still her reading. Oh my God. All right. Adrian sent the next one in Sharon. That was fantastic. Thank you. Adrian sent this one in and man, this looks sweet. This is an Indiana horse and tech have a horse. Wait, wait, let me, let me describe the picture before I describe the ad, read the ad. Uh, so it's a lady who's standing, holding a very irritated looking, very muddy chestnut. Um, she's holding the halter, no lead rope, which is a serious pet peeve of mine. And she's, it looks like her glamour shot. She's in front of her yeah, home and she's standing on a street. Why this horse is so muddy, we don't know because it's just grass and she, he's on a paved It's a very road. nice house, she's, actually. Yeah. She's holding the horse with her left hand and in her right hand, she's got a puppy. <laughs> like, what is happening here? So here's the ad. Have a horse. She's free. That's it. What? <laughs> Do you think they stole that out of the neighbor's yard? I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Come be in her quick. <laughs> I hate my neighbor. This is my ex-husband. So let's discuss the this. options here. She's getting a divorce and the horse was his and she wants it out. Um, she has the horse literally came with the brand new house she bought, um, or she stole it out of the neighbor's yard, which you think it is. I think, you know, uh, I am a woman and I do know that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> so you're going with divorce? <laughs> um, no, I actually am going to go. She's mad at her best friend and that's her best friend's horse. <laughs> she's like, come and get it quick before Brenda gets home from the salon. Because <laughs> this lady does have some hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's done up. <laughs> and the puppy's free, too. <laughs> All right. Rachel sent the next one in. Uh, this one is in Georgia. Uh, well, we don't know. It could be South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. And uh, Noah said, apparently posted this one. It's 1D. Barrel horse runs consistent. 3.9 to 4.1 times. No, it, no, no. 13.9 seconds, Glenn, to 14.1 seconds. It doesn't that say is, that. It just says 13.9 to 14.1 times. Okay. If you want videos, you ain't got the money. What? <laughs> again. Again with the videos. Don't waste this. my time because I know what I got. Wow. There's an attitude. Now, you would think it's a barrel horse that runs consistently, and I think those are actually half-decent times, to be honest. Uh, You would have a video of your horse running because you would have gone to competitions and have a 1,000 videos, and this person has posted those videos ad nauseum on their Facebook page, and I have unfollowed them. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I unfollowed them. I mean, let me read it as they are actually selling it, okay? Okay. One D barrel horse runs consistent 13.9 to 14.1 times. If you want videos, you ain't got the money. Don't waste my time because I know what I got. 15 carat, carat, carat. Um, she's angry. And by the way, the beautiful sorrel quarter horse that's tacked up is also standing tied to somebody's porch. <laughs> it is. It looks like a very nice horse, actually. But... 
you know, you can't tell because it's got leg wraps on. No, I another... taught sales for a long time, a long time. And one of the rules of sales is you got to convince somebody, even though you know that your product is worth it, you got to convince them that your product's worth it. And that's where the video comes in. I'm just saying. Don't waste my time. I know what I got. If you want videos, you ain't got the money. <laughs> that is not at all true. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie sent the next one in. Las Vegas Craigslist is where it's from. Thank you, Stephanie. Uh, this I had a short and sweet. It says, selling this horse because I'm moving out and can't... Wait. <laughs> That's not even grammar. Selling this horse cause. I'm moving out and can take him with me. He loves to run and chase cows. He is nine years old, quarter mile with Arabian. <laughs> He's a quarter mile Arabian. <laughs> I don't understand what, what you're saying. Can he take him or not take him? I, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know. It's very confusing. Linda, Linda sent this one in. Let's hear Linda. Hi, this is Linda from Brooksville, Hi, Florida with an Craigslist ad from Huntsville, Alabama. Quarter horse for sale. He's tall due to health, can't ride anymore. He's laid back, just don't have the health to do anything with him. He's 10 years old, very gentle, not saying he's kid broke, but he's very honest. No papers on him, but he was used to check on my cows, and I've rope off of him, not a lot, period. He got new shoes, (laughs) (laughs) $1,600. He got new shoes. We did that two years ago, but you know, they're, they were new then (laughs) one time he got new shoes. It was amazing. Oh God. That's great. Now. Um, Oh my gosh, please read this. Okay. So, uh, this ad kind of, I'm going to describe the picture after you have to read it. All right. Uh, This ad, I I just got to give a tease here. Kind of ties into my story that I'm going to tell in the post show for the auditors. Horse paint gelding in East Windsor. It's England, I'm sure. And Denise sent this one in. Domino is a 15-year-old paint. 15.6 hands was very spooky at first, but has come a long way after hours. What? Off groundwork, he does well under saddle. Small rehoming fee. Okay. Okay, so if you squint, if you, I'm not having to move my face to even see it. If you squint your eyes, it's a picture, but in the very dark back part of a stall, it appears that the lower left quarter of a paint horse is pictured. Okay, uh, but it's in the back. It's in the photo. It's at the very top, and you can you can't see the horse's head really. It's it's because it's grazing and its face is in a pile of hay. But what you can't see very clearly are the two goats that are in the stall with the horse. And one goat is turning facing the camera so you can very clearly see its ears and horns. And the other goat is facing away. And the biggest thing in the entire picture are the balls on this goat. Oh my God. How does that thing walk around looking like that? That just seems to be honest. Chad, what do I, you see in that picture? When I first looked at it, I didn't even see the horse. <laughs> you can't see the horse. It's in the back. It's just like right smack in the middle of the picture is goat balls. <laughs> oh my 
God. Chad's like, is that an udder? I'm like, no, those are balls. <laughs> they have to walk around like that, <laughs> slinging against their. Oh my God. Yell that, sh- please. Just for his own sake, my God. <laughs> it make his life so much easier. I have a goat story for you after. Uh, it happened this morning, actually. So, so stay tuned for that, auditors. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Enjoy the Derby tomorrow. Have fun. We'll be back on Monday to chat about it and, and review it a bit. But uh, I also yeah. have something to tell you real quick about Zeus. He is going to the equine hospital on Monday. So tune in Monday. I'll give you guys a video of what he's doing. And I'll tell you why he's going he's to He's already the- fixed, right? No. He's going to the hospital on Monday. No, he's already fixed. Like fixed, fixed. Oh, Geldash. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. good. Because I was afraid that's what you'd show. All right, good. good. Yeah. No, right, no, good. no, no, no. All right. I'm glad to hear that. Enjoy your, enjoy your racing weekend, everybody. We'll see you all on Monday. Bay neutering Geldash. So I had to save this story for the post show and the auditors because it's our neighbor. Um, and oh God, <laughs> he's the neighbor that uh, nobody just, well, he has a squatter living in his backyard, which is our front yard. And it's a junk heap. It is just a junk heap. Uh, hopefully the, the person's going to be leaving soon, we're hoping. But uh, this squatter brought some goats. And he had two goats. No, a squatter, the squatter is, is somebody who's living, he's living in a camper permission. in the field. In okay, front so of he's our not house. there without permission. No, he's, he's there with permission, but the rules of our neighborhood don't allow you to live in the camper, but they're, they haven't been able to get the guy out. So he's still living in the camper, and he's brought all of these sheds along and all the stuff. But that's not even what the story's about. He brought a couple of goats, which he keeps in a very tiny little 10 by 10 fenced-in area. And he has a little goat house. We started with two goats. Well, you know what goats do when there's a boy and a girl? You, you know those balls? <laughs> well, he used those balls and made baby goats. And now the baby goats have grown up, so there's five large goats in that same size pen. So when I went outside in the morning, this morning, and it was dark, I heard this. <laughs> the goats sounded like that. They sounded like human screams. Goats can sound like humans screaming, and that's what we had this morning. (laughs) It was that for a half an hour of goats sounding like humans screaming at the top of their lungs, to the point where I walked over with my flashlight, because I thought somebody was being tortured. And then I went, oh, I've seen those goat videos that everybody's seen of goats sounding like humans screaming. So I came into Jennifer and I said, she was working in her office. I said, do you hear the goats this morning? They sound like humans. She said, yeah, it's eerie. And that's what we had for an hour. Well, sun comes up a little after seven o'clock. I'm out feeding the horses. Jennifer went down to feed Nigel at the end field. And uh, our landlord said, there's policemen next door. There's a couple of cops at the house next door. So I go out and they called us over. The policemen come up to the fence and they said, we got a call of people in distress at this property, but we can't find anybody. And I said, I think I know what was in distress. One of the neighbors called because they heard this screaming. It was the goats. Okay. 
Now I'm I'm <laughs> gonna tell you a, a story, uh, and I th- I think I told you when it happened. Um, but I lived in Arizona. We just moved in to our first little farm that we rented, and it was dark. And I heard somebody outside yelling, "Help! Help!" And I'm like, "There's a baby out here! Like somebody! Like there's a child! It sound it just sound like a child going, help! Help!" And I was like, what is happening? Like, oh my God. And I'm like, I'm coming, baby. I'm coming. You know, I'm like, go inside. I get a flashlight, but I'll have it all have is my cell phone, you know, which shows you like two feet ahead. And I'm, and I keep hearing, help, help. And I'm, I go out and, yep, there's a goat. <laughs> Here I'm like, I'll save you, baby. I'm coming for you. I'll save you. But that is, that is insane. Like, I want Chad to hear this. Can you play it again? Let's see. That's a different one that I found. Um, uh, let me go back to the first one. Is this you? This is what you recorded? No, I didn't record this. Uh, these are off videos. Um, there's a hundred videos of these. Here we go. And one more. Here it is. That's what I heard this morning. <laughs> So there were two policemen that responded to this call for people in distress. That's why. It was the goat screaming this morning. Oh, my God. Because you didn't even know. And these videos have been going viral, the goat screaming. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Oh, my God. I'm choking on my uh, allergies right now. That's so funny. (laughs) And for some reason, they couldn't get the people to answer the door. I think they're home. But uh, they they weren't answering the door. So uh, that's why they were so concerned. (laughs) I said, no, I think you just responded to goat calling. (laughs) The cops are here. You got to put all that stuff away. (laughs) Don't answer the door, Lewis. (laughs) By the way, I hope nobody gets offended by my Southern accent. I'm from Georgia, so I can do it. Yeah, she's loud. You should hear her daddy. I got to get a clip of your daddy that day, and we just need to play it at times like this. A clip of your daddy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'll get my dad. He, he's going to come visit someday. I'll, I'll get him to record a really bad ad. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, one from the South. That'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you people don't see. believe us about how thick your dad is, but he's thick accent. That is one thick Southern accent right there. Yeah. I Matter of fact, we had him on the show the one time, and I understood about half of what he said. It's true. <laughs> I, it's true. I had to get Jamie to translate because I had no idea what he was saying. It's true. I don't know how you don't have any. You worked hard at that. <laughs> I have worked very diligently at that my entire life to have non-regional diction. <laughs> well, I am going to get ready to uh, desert my wife so she can enjoy in peace the Kentucky dirt. Get out of there. Go ahead. Thanks. Uh, well, let's just end with uh, let's just end with this. No, don't. Okay. Okay. Do you you, you don't want to end with this? I can end with this. What can I do for you? (laughs) Here's a new one. Zapatero, ¿qué opina usted del gobierno de Zapatero?
O igual que yo. ¿Y qué opina usted? ¿Qué, qué opina usted? ¿Qué opina usted del gobierno canario? That's a mad girl. De los ayuntamientos de la isla.